that's an odd choice. Meanwhile, Michael Jordan and his Cuban model fiance, Yvette, have already gotten their marriage license down in Florida. She's 33 years old. He is 50. And speaking of age differences, 31-year-old former Destiny's child Latavia Roberson is having her first baby. But is it with the 19-year-old boyfriend she was spotted with last year? It's your Hot 97 News Update with Miss Info on Hot 97. WQHT, New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers, the hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lisa Evers. Good morning and welcome to Street Soldiers. I am so glad you're joining us for this episode. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Follow me on Twitter at Lisa Evers. Now, in this hour, we are talking about men and domestic violence and asking the question Are men the new victims of relationship abuse? and domestic violence. Our phone number, 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Hit us up with a text at 75759. That's 75759. And also, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, and tweet us. Now, the reason that we're doing this topic, last week, me and my team here at Hot 97 were shocked. I mean, stunned by the number of calls and text messages that we received from men who claimed that they were the ones who were being beaten and battered. We'd done a show on domestic violence. We were talking about female victims. And the phone lines were flooded with calls from guys. Our text message lines were all full. Messages, mostly 99% from guys saying, what about us? What about when women are the ones throwing the punches? What about when women are the ones picking up the weapons? So just hours after the show last Sunday, then we learned what had happened in Staten Island to the Staten Island mother of three who is in her 30s. She allegedly picked up a shotgun and shot her living boyfriend in the head while he was in bed, killing him. And then she reportedly did it because she was tired of being abused by him. Their neighbors said that they often heard loud and, and very violent fights, that they were individually very nice people, but that together it seemed to be like a toxic mix. But they never thought that she was capable of that. So in a situation like this, assuming she was victimized by him for a long period of time, who is the victim here? And where does the law stand on this? Was she acting in self-defense or was this just cold-blooded murder? We're going to find out what uh, prosecutors have to say about that as well. Now, this issue even affects reality show stars. You remember that famous YouTube video of love and hip-hop star Erica Mena fighting with her son's father? Well, she told me in our Fox 5 interview that that came out of her being abused when she was a teen mom by him for so many years and that that's what people didn't understand was that her fighting and her readiness to throw a punch came from her having been a victim, and she just couldn't take it anymore. So for sure, according to just about every statistical measurement by just about every agency that deals with this domestic violence problem, women are overwhelmingly the victims. But where, you know, where do you draw the line between assault and fighting and just plain old committing a crime or fighting back in self-defense? Are men the new domestic abuse victims? Are men being victimized and nobody's listening to them? Because they assume automatically that they're in the wrong. That's what we're asking people right now. 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. And joining me in studio is Dr. LaToya Connor. She's a clinical psychologist. Dr. Connor, thank you very much for being with thank us. Thank you. And also with us is Mike. He has been in an abusive relationship, and he's got the courage to come here in, in person and talk with us about it. We appreciate that, Mike. You're welcome. Thank you. For we, we appreciate that. Um, also with us is 
Brooklyn District Attorney Charles Hines, who has um, done a lot of groundbreaking work on this issue of domestic violence. He knows firsthand from his what his mother went through, how critical the issue is. Um, D.A. Hines, thank you very much for being with us again. We appreciate it. Good morning, Lisa. It's good to be with you. Good morning. Good to have you on. Also with us is Philip Cook. He's an author of a book about men being domestic violence victims and also a uh, has a website, abused, uh, abusedmen.org. Philip, thank you very much for being with us. Uh, thank you. And also joining us is Byron Hurt. He's a documentary filmmaker and also uh, sex, you know, anti-sexism activist. Uh, Byron, thank you for being with us again. We appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me back on. Okay, we appreciate it. Dr. Connor, I want to start with you on this. What are we hearing? Because we were all very surprised last week to get so many calls from guys. Is this legitimate? It is legitimate. And the topic is, is extremely relevant. We cannot ignore it. Research suggests that 800,000 men will be victimized in each calendar year. And we're talking about victimization due to intimate partner violence, which is what we call domestic violence. Now, while the number for women is 1.5 million, nearly half of that still includes men who are being victimized and largely go as invisible victims. And one of them is here with us right now, not being invisible, but wanting to speak out on the issue. Mike, tell us your situation. and Thank you for being with us. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, my situation, basically... Um I dated a girl that was very abusive. She um, she read something on my Facebook post, basically punched me. Um, she, on a Facebook post, it said, basically, if you don't like my peaches, shake my tree. If you don't like my peaches, don't shake my tree. This girl wrote this on my Facebook. My girlfriend at the time punched me in the face while I was um, downstairs in my car. Punched me in the face, went upstairs. I completely stopped dating her at that time. Um, I went home. Two days later, I noticed that like two detectives came to my job, picked me up in handcuffs, and said that I pushed her in so long she had a migraine headache. So, females are some females are definitely taking advantage of the system. Honestly, had you ever raised your hand to her? Never raised my hand to her. Were you ever arrested for any kind of assault or anything? No. Before so, that? No, at all. I have a completely clean record. Brooklyn District Attorney Charles Hines, this is the question we have for you. Where do you draw the line between somebody acting in self-defense and somebody just committing a plain old assault and punching somebody in the face? Well, it's all fact-driven. You know, it depends on what the facts are. And, and certainly, you know, as you, you mentioned, the overwhelming number of uh, victims are women. Uh, and But certainly the, there is more than enough men who, uh, who are victimized as well. And our, at our Family Justice Center, which has 27 co-located agencies and has every resource available to victims of domestic violence, we treat both women and men with the same kind of sensitivity. And, and uh, you know, we, we, uh, we try and do something about ending the violence and, and uh, uh, dealing with, with the, uh, the facts of the case. Philip Cook, your book is called uh, Abuse Men, The Hidden Side of Domestic Violence. We were very surprised by the response that we got to last week's show. But are there more men out there than we realize? Well, uh, certainly, as the uh, doctor said, she mentioned the uh, uh, that 1.8, uh, uh, pardon me, 835,000 men each year are victimized. According to the Center for Disease Control, it's one out of three women over a lifetime and one out of four men. So... The numbers are not really, according to the Centers for Disease, Disease Control, overwhelmingly uh, women, uh, just women, and not men as well. Indeed, 30 years of research have shown that uh, 
about half of domestic violence is mutual. About a quarter, only the men is violent. A quarter of the time, only the woman is violent. And uh, that's probably a better picture of uh, intimate partner violence in total. Byron Hurt, what do you think about that, that the majority is mutual domestic violence or intimate partner violence, where both people are at fault? Um, I don't really buy it, to be honest with you. I mean, if I'm going to be really, really honest with we you. We want I, you to be really, really honest with us. Yeah, That's I why we want you on. I don't, I, don't, I, don't really, I don't really buy that based on, um, you know, my experiences working in the field um, and, you know, knowing the prevalence of, of violence that is committed by men toward girls and women. I'm not saying that it does not happen. I want to be clear about that. I'm not saying that girls and women do not hit boys and men in relationships. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that the power dynamic is very different. And we talked about the power dynamic last week on your show, right? Yeah, but that's what prompted us to do this because we got so many calls from men and we didn't want to ignore that voice and that perspective either. Yeah, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that you should ignore it, but I think that we should point out the differences between when a, when a woman is violent toward a man in a relationship and, and when, a woman, when a man is, is uh, abusive toward uh, you know, a, a woman in a relationship. I think, I think it's different because of the size dynamic. Most men are larger than women, um, and most men in relationships. Um, most men have a certain level of, um, you know, power or um, use intimidation as a way to keep girls and women in fear in a relationship in ways that women don't necessarily have the same kind of power to keep men in fear and afraid for their lives. And I think that's one major difference that I would like to point out. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I, I actually was in a relationship many years ago where my girlfriend hit me on more than one occasion. But I was never in, in fear of her, and I never had to go and, and you know, seek shelter at a battered women's shelter or had to go to the hospital because she hit me or um, was afraid that she was going to kill me. I, All right, you know, but, here's with, the relationship. but here's the situation with Mike. <clears throat> this girl that his, his girlfriend punches him in the face, he ends the relationship, and then a couple of days later, were you arrested for that, Mike, when the detectives came to your job? Yeah, they, they arrested me at my job. And yeah. What impact did that have on your life? Um, basically, um, it's kind of like character defamation. Um, also, you can lose your job for that. Also, but it's just some some females are very vindictive and um, also revengeful for no reason. Were you were you formally arrested and charged with that? Um, I wasn't arrested. I wasn't charged for it. I had to go to court. Um, I got a temporary thirty day temporary order of protection, but I wasn't charged. Everything was dropped. Everything ended up being dropped. D.A. Hines, in terms of the how the law looks at these, where where do you draw the line between self-defense? Is there anything in general that you can guidance you can give us? You know, there's a general rule that you you can return sufficient force to meet the kind of force that requires you to act, and that that's I guess that sounds maybe too legalistic, but it's it, again it's a fact-driven situation. Uh, often we have cross complaints between uh, domestic partners and uh, many times uh, both are arrested and and ordinarily it, it ends with uh, both parties withdrawing the charges but it, it's it's you know it's it's something that is very very clear from the facts when it when they're examined and uh, you know, every, every one of our cases 
dealing with domestic violence is, is handled by a, an experienced social worker and an experienced assistant district attorney. And they make the evaluation, and I think for the most part they come to the right decision on who should be charged and what should be the ultimate disposition of the case. Dr. Conner, what differences are there between male victims and female victims? Well, I can answer that question by... In terms of their, their psychological state, you know, their state of mind. Sure, sure. We find that overwhelmingly women are more likely to experience depression, uh, more likely to take more time off of work. Uh, more likely to be substance abusers. And um, for many of the men, oftentimes, perhaps they're also struggling with issues around self-esteem. But as others have mentioned already, when we're talking about uh, domestic violence with men as victims and women as victims, yeah, there's psychological uh, problems, of course, that have a significant uh, implication for their total health, for the ability for them to actually recover from this relationship, for their ability to be contributors to a healthier society. And uh, for the most part with men, their violence is mostly physical. um, And there's also coercion. There's also sexual violence that's included. And oftentimes when we're meeting with women who perpetrate violence on men, typically they're reporting years of traumatic sexual and physical abuse in childhood and adolescent um, adolescent years. And also 90% of the women, um, according to research conducted by Archer in 2000, state that they have been victimized by their partners and they're actually just retaliating that they have reached their plateau and it's a it's a place of no return for them. All right, let's take it. Uh, yes. can, can, can I jump in for one second? I, I think that's a really good point. I think it's a very valid point that, and I think there's a, there's, there's a difference between retaliation, and I'm not saying retaliation is right or healthy, but I'm saying I think there's a difference between retaliation and, um, you know, sort of like a premeditated, uh, pattern of physical or sexual abuse. And I, I agree. think those are two very different things. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, D.A. Hines, did you want to... Yeah, if, I, if I may, Lisa, because you know, from our experience of nearly 24 years with a fully staffed domestic violence bureau and a family justice center we opened in 2005, I, I can only conclude there must be a great deal of underreporting by, by men who mm-hmm. are victims of domestic violence. So I was going to suggest, if I could, uh, to give two phone numbers. Uh, for people who are living in Brooklyn, males who are victims of domestic violence, and, and have them call us and and uh, let us uh, look at the facts of the case. And the city hotline is 24-7. It's 1-800-621-HOPE, H-O-P-E, 1-800-621-HOPE, H-O-P-E. And during the business hours, uh, our Family Justice Center number is 718-250-3820. So if there are men, living in Brooklyn who are victims of domestic violence, I would urge them to call us and to meet with our counselor and and an assistant district attorney to evaluate the case. All right, D.A. Hines, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. I appreciate being there, having the opportunity, Lisa. All right, thank you so much. That's Brooklyn District Attorney uh, Charles Hines. And that number, again, the city hotline for domestic violence for both female and male victims is 1-800-621-HOPE. And uh, for the DA's office, if you're in Brooklyn, their Family Justice Center during business hours, 718-250-3820. And uh, TJ's going to be posting those numbers up on hot97.com slash street soldiers af- right after the show. So you can get those numbers there. Let's go to the phone lines because we've got many people calling in here. Um, let's try James from New Jersey. Hi, James. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. 
How you doing? Um, All right. Real quickly, I've been married for 13 years. No criminal record. Uh, no history of violence in my home. Was there was never hitting a woman. Was never allowed. Um, I have a dispute with my wife. I lean forward to whisper something in her ear. The kids were in the other room. She mushed me in the face as uh, I pushed her off of me. She told me to leave, and she called the cops, told my son that I punched him in the face. Um, I had to turn myself to the police in New Jersey, and I had to go to court. Uh, thank God she dropped the charges, but... It, it was nonsense. Uh, a person my size of 200 pounds at the time hits a woman in the face. There's a mark. There's some type of evidence to show that that, that, that statement is true. And you had never had any kind of physical physical altercation or violence with your wife before? Never physical. We've argued for, for quite a number of years having problems, but never physical. I've never and put my hands on her. Never anything like, like that? She's put her hands on me. If, uh, if a situation gets intense and I get angry... I want to walk away. I want to leave the room. She would barricade the door. She would physically hold me not to let me leave. Um, one time I, I hit a door, but that was the most that I've ever done in my home. I punched the door. She, I would ne- I've never to this day hit, hit my wife or said any derogatory words towards her. Mm. Uh, all right, but it sounds like there were tensions previous to that. James, thanks for calling in. We, we appreciate that. Yeah, we, we we appreciate that. Byron, when you hear that, what do you think? I think it's an unhealthy relationship. I mean, and, and you know, there are millions of unhealthy relationships, you know, around the country. And, uh, you know, I feel bad for him. And, I, you know, I don't, you know, if that's, if his story is true and, and that's all there is to it, then, you know, um, it's unfortunate that he had to experience that. I was talking to a friend of mine, Kwame, uh, the other day, and actually it was after the show that we had last week. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, the importance of, um, you know, modeling healthy relationships and um, that so few people, you know, um, you know, experience or know what a healthy relationship looks like. So I would say that, you know, the, the situation that he just described and also the situation that Mike is in, and I appreciate his story and his honesty and his, his courage to be on the show. I mean, those those are examples of, of unhealthy relationships and you know, for both men and women, you know, we have to, you know, get out of those relationships the best way that we can and the, and the most safe way that we can. Philip Cook, um, author of Abuse yeah. Men, The Hidden Side of Domestic Violence. What do you hear from men? I mean, the, these acts of violence don't seem to just come out of thin air. Like there's tensions, there's things that are building up. There's Are there certain patterns or behavior patterns that you've noticed? Well, yes, there certainly are. Uh, uh, it doesn't come out of the ether. In other words, 10% of couples who are involved in these relationships have some sort of violent history in their family of origin. Uh, in other words, 90% have that, 10% don't. Uh, so it starts there in the family. We need to treat intimate partner violence as part of a holistic approach to all types of family violence, including child abuse. Um, that's a very important I did want to say that the impact of domestic violence, uh, men versus women, women versus men, is probably uh, the wrong approach. In other words, uh, the other uh, guest there said fear of is different uh, for women versus men, uh, and the injury rate is different. Women are twice as often uh, injured compared to men. But that's when you put in the total context of both mild to severe violence. When it comes to severe violence, injury rates are fairly similar. 
women make up for the size and weight differential by uh, throwing things twice as often and using weapons considerably more, using the element of surprise. And in terms of fear of the man he just called, certainly he was in fear of something, wasn't he? Being arrested, uh, losing their home, losing all contact with children. Um, these are the things that men are greatly fearful of. In terms of what happens to both men and women, I find absolutely no difference whatsoever. I don't know of any women, and I've talked with many abused women as well as abused men, who uh, shot at it from the rooftops when it was occurring. Uh, both men and women hide these kinds of things from their friends and families and indeed from law enforcement many times. And from a lot of people, there's that there's shame factor. Let's go to Deval from Brooklyn. Deval, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Good morning. How you doing? I have uh, two comments. My first comment is that the power struggle is very real between men and women. And the difference that, you know, men are stronger than women doesn't mean that the, you know, that men aren't being abused. It just means that they're not admitting it. Like, for example, my wife is about 40 pounds lighter than me. If she hit me, I would probably never call the cops just for the simple fact that my pride would not allow me to call the cops. That's why I think that, you know, statistics wouldn't show how many men are abused. Secondly, growing up in, in Brooklyn, you know, you watch women all the time smack guys, punch guys in the face and do all sorts of things, and men just don't, they don't care. It's like, I know I can defend myself, so why call the cops? That don't mean women aren't abusing. That just means I'm not going to report it. All right, good point. Thank you very much for, for the call, Deval. And we're talking about domestic violence. Are men the new victims? We got an overwhelming response last week. Hit us up with a text message, 75759. That's 75759. Do you think there's more men victims than we realize of relationship abuse or what's being called intimate partner abuse? Give us a call right now, 1-800-223-9797. That's one 800 223 9797 on Twitter at Lisa Evers. And uh, of course, the text messages, that's the fastest and the easiest for us. 75759. Just hit us up with 75759. And Mike, in your situation, the it, what happened afterwards? Did that change the way you looked at women that you were dating? It didn't, it didn't change the way I was looking at women. It just made me be more cautious and safe about people that I would choose to date. And, and like, tell us some of the things that were now like a deal breaker where you go like, okay, no, she's too this or she's too that. Tell us about that. Um, I would like look for basically if someone's like verbally abusive or you know physically abusive, so I would look for signs like that. And then if they were that way, what would happen? You would just you'd say no way. Yeah, that's not going forward. So you so you with the the girl that punched you in the face, that was she verbally abusive to you before that? She wasn't really verbally abusive. She was just physically abusive. It was an ongoing situation, and really got out of hand after. She's also jealous. Also, so the jealousy turned into like abuse. So, um, like I said, um, she's very vindictive about how she wants to go through the whole process. She wanted to like really um, ruin my whole character. So it was more like ruin my whole character, like my whole um, your job and everything. My job, yeah. Detectives came to my job twice. Just recently, my detectives came to my job three weeks ago. She put her, she tried to put a restraining order against me for a year. And said that I threatened to call her. I threatened to call. I called her and threatened her mom and her to stab her. And, and she made up stuff. She made you're up, saying. Yeah, made up a lot of stuff. 
All right. What about those? What about Dr. Connor? What about the psychological traits he's looking for to kind of screen out anybody that might be a problem in the future with well, the jealousy and the, uh, you know, being verbally abusive? Well, I think it's helpful. And I think we need to state that domestic violence, intimate partner violence, it's not just about size or gender or strength. It's about abuse, power and control. And so when Mike is talking about his circumstance with this one particular woman, it'll be important for him to actually seek counseling to find out what's going on for you, Mike, with regard to uh, your choice in this partner or even what could be your contribution uh, to the outcome. When we heard from the first caller, you know, he said, well, no, I had never, you know, he said he never put his hands on his wife. Right. But that he had punched walls. Well, we consider that to be a part of intimate partner violence. That is true. Punching walls. People mm-hmm. f- often forget that. What about that, That's Byron? A precursor. Well, I mean, I, I think that that is so true. And I think, I think you know, when we, when we hear these stories, I think that we may not be hearing the full story. You yes. know, in the, in the situation that I was in and that I talked about many, many years ago, um, you know, I have to say, if I'm being very honest and looking back, there were things that I said and did that led to my girlfriend acting out in the way that she did. And, and you know, um, uh, you mentioned um, the, this plateau, you know, this, this mm-hmm. point or this, this level. Point of no return. That, you take so yeah. much and then you get to the point where you can't take yeah, any more. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I think I think that has to be, you know... Uh, sort of stated, you know, and it has to be, um, you know, made really clear, you know. And the other thing that I've, that I've been thinking as I'm listening to all of this is that, you know, Lisa, we started out this whole conversation by talking about violence against women, right? Right. And we have three very um, young women with very powerful stories, right, who talked about being physically assaulted. Right. And now we're spending an hour not talking about violence against women, we're talking about violence against men, which I understand, like, if, if, if it is out there and it's a problem, I, you know, I, I give you credit for, for exploring this. But in my experience, this is like a real typical way in which men flip the script so that we don't have to talk about, you know, men's violence against women. And again, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm saying that there is a real difference between... Um, when a man does it, so you're saying that this is a deflection by men. This is a blame the victim. Is this a blame the victim? Based based on my experience, yes, I think that that, that this is largely a, a deflection to not really focus on, you know, the things that we do to women that are abusive. All right, let's see if we can take. Uh, well, let's take right. let's take one quick call. Let's go to D right now uh, from Long Island. D, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Oh, Dee, I'm going to have to put you on hold because we have to take a short break. 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. I want to thank our guest, Philip Cook, from AbuseMen.org. His book is called um, Abuse Men, The Hidden Side of Domestic Violence from Prager Publishing. Uh, Check that out if you're interested in this topic. And uh, we're continuing to take your phone calls at 1-800-223-9797. Are men who say they were abused, are they just, is this blaming? 
women the victim, or do you really believe the men when they say that they are the victims too? 1-800-223-9797. Hit us up with a text at 75759. That's 75759. And uh, Twitter, at Lisa Evers. Tweet us, at Lisa Evers. And also, just a reminder, Hot 97's April Fool's Day Comedy Show 2013. Your free tickets. We've got them here all weekend long. Hosted by Tracy Morgan and Hot 97's own Cypher Sounds. Featuring JB Smooth, Faison Love. Did you hear Flex going off on Faison? Oh my goodness. Um, Jay Farrell and many, Capone the Gangster Comedy. Many, many more. Monday, April 1st at the Theater at Madison Square Garden. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster. We'll be back with more of Hot 97 Street Soldiers right after this. Miss Info, basically out of nowhere, just told us that she thinks men should shave their armpits. It's like resetting the funk. But I love how you just said that I brought this out of nowhere when we were discussing you getting a Brazilian wax. (laughs) I'm a wild animal under the sweatshirt. Ew! He has Pam Greer in 1974 in a headlock. Yo, I got Angela Davis right here waiting for you, kid. (laughs) I got Angela Davis on one side, (laughs) Lou Alcindor on the other. You want it? The Cypher Sounds and Rosenberg Show with Kate Fox. Weekday mornings 5 to 10 on Hot 97. I'm back in the saddle again. Where- Walmart. Low prices are on Healthy Choice Cafe Steamers Meals and Kellogg's Special K Red Berry Cereal. Like your play Greek yogurt. Back in the saddle again. At Walmart, find everything you need to get back on track this year. Back by AdMatch. Our stores will match the price of any local competitor's printed ad on identical product. Not applicable to Walmart.com. Restrictions apply. See store for details. At Sam's Club, our members enjoy significant savings on their favorite brands. And now we've lowered prices on even more family favorites and home essentials. That means you'll find additional savings throughout the club on easy-to-make meals, premium bedding, and more. Not a member? Join Sam's Club by March 10th and get up to a $20 gift card. A perfect way to start your full year of savings. Life is better when you're in the club. Sam's Club. Join and save. See club for details. What's happening, people? It's Angie Martinez here. Listen, if you've been waiting for a great deal on a hot new wireless phone, then I have got news for you. For a limited time only, you can get a brand new AT&T Go phone for as little as $14.99. That's right, $14.99 for a brand new AT&T Go phone. And with AT&T Go phone, you can get unlimited talk, text, and web for just $50 a month, all with no contract, no credit check, and no compromises. I have nothing but positive experiences with my AT&T phone and service, so I want my listeners to take advantage of all the AT&T goodness, too. Don't delay. Stop into your local AT&T store, Walmart, Target, Best Buy, or Radio Shack, or shop online today at att.com forward slash go phone. AT&T, rethink possible. Offer ends May 31st, 2013. Eligible device and minimum account balance required. Coverage not available everywhere. Other restrictions and conditions apply. See store for details. I know you've had Surf and Turf before, but have you ever had it the Cajun way, which also happens to be the Popeye's way? Shrimp and chicken for premium butterfly shrimp two handcrafted chicken tenders, Cajun fries, a biscuit, and two dipping sauces for just $4.99. Normal surf and turf is, how should I say it? Boring. I do not do boring, honey. So I'm thinking we need to give America a surf and turf that is not the same old, same old. Four pop-
Popeye's butterfly shrimp, two handcrafted chicken tenders, Cajun fries, a biscuit, and two dipping sauces for just $4.99. You can also get 11 pieces of Mob Bonafide chicken for just $12.99 if you're real hungry. Bring yourself to Popeye's and have a Cajun surf and turf that'll remind you why Louisiana is the land of good cooking and Popeye's is the home of the best tasting food in the known universe. Offer plus applicable tax at participating restaurants for a limited time. You guys need anything else right now? I don't know. NCAA March Madness at Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> wings, beer, and every game imaginable. I mean, what else could we want? Except a uh, way to stay longer. Yeah, right? Oh, have you seen our remote? I can put the tournament in slow motion mode for you guys. How's your wings? Even better in slow motion. <laughs> Head to the official hangout of March Madness. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings Beer Sports. Hey, are you all set for your fishing trip? Mm-hmm. Did you pack the beer? Um. Wait, is that some twisted tea I see in the back of the car? Come on, twisted tea. Yeah, I can see why. <laughs> twisted tea, realized tea taste with a cake. I don't know. One of the guys must have snuck it in there. Oh, come on. <laughs> I bet you're craving the realized tea taste of Twisted Tea. I know. It's so refreshing. It is. It's so smooth. It's pretty smooth. But if you want me to take it out. Uh, hold on to it. Uh, we might have one or, or several. <laughs> Twisted Tea. Realized you taste with a cake. Twisted Tea Brewing Company. Cincinnati, Ohio. Drink responsibly. Western beef for you shop much more for less. Check out this week's specials. Fresh pork shoulder, two per bag, 88 cents per pound. Hellman's mayonnaise, 30 ounce, $2.99. Tropicana drink, 59 ounce, three for $3. Idaho potatoes, five pound bag, $1.88. Canilla rice, 20 pound, all Western all gallon, $5.88. Mariner's Arbor Cod Filet, $3.99 a pound. Western beef, shop much more for less, baby. Hey, Yankees fans, individual game tickets for the 2013 season at Yankee Stadium or on sale now at Yankees.com or by calling Ticketmaster at 877-469-9849. This season features some great games against the best of the American League, plus some terrific interleague matchups versus the Dodgers, Giants, and Mets. Also, don't miss the 67th annual Old Timers Day on Sunday, June 23rd. Act now. Log on to Yankees.com or call Ticketmaster at 877-469-9849 today. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the official candy partner of the NCAA, are the perfect Perfect match for watching college hoops. Find a great deal on Reese's Peanut Butter Cups at Walmart. Reese's, perfect. What up? This is Trey Songz, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people, only on Hot 9-7. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers. Give us a phone call, 1-800-223-9797. Hit us up with a text at 75759. What we are talking about is domestic violence, relationship abuse, what's called intimate partner violence. Are men the new victims? And we're focusing on men, even though we know statistically, overwhelmingly, the victims, the largest number of victims are or survivors, as we might want to call them, are women. We're doing this because of the overwhelming response we got last week to last week's show where so many men called in texted us emailed us and said wait a minute what about us I was hit by my woman I was hit by my girlfriend I was hit by my wife and that's why we're focusing on this entire issue right now trying to get some clarity and some understanding who's the victim who's the abuser in this case when both people are throwing punches where does the law stand on this and what about how about 
what kind of relationships do we get into in the first place where this becomes the norm or this becomes the new normal where there's that kind of violence? Are there warning signs? That's what we're going to be speaking about with our guests as well. And of course, I want to hear from you what you think at 75759. Hit me up with a text. Do you think that men can really be the victims of domestic violence or are they just making excuses for behavior and giving themselves a, you know, a pass? to raise a hand to a woman? Or do you believe, as some people do, that there's a real strong line there? There's guys that will raise a hand to a woman, and there's guys that won't. There's women that will resort to violence, physical violence, and there's women that won't. Is that like a line you know, that people just don't cross. So let us know what you think at 1-800-223-9797. Hit us up with a text at 75759. Um, joining us in studio, Dr. LaToya Connor. She's a psychologist. We also have Mike. He was uh, punched in the face by his girlfriend. She tried to press charges, sent detectives to his job uh, on two different occasions, which I'm sure his boss didn't like too much. It didn't help him. And also on the phone is Byron Hurt, a documentary filmmaker and also anti-sexism activist. And, of course, your phone call is 1-800-223-9797. And... Uh, text messages at 75759. We also have Kirsten Defer. She's a director of research and prevention programs at the mayor's office to combat domestic violence. And Byron, I want to come back to you with this issue. You you don't believe these the statistics where men are victims half as much as women. No, I don't. I don't think it's I don't think it's the same and I don't think that it's the same type of violence and the same level of violence. You know, the caller called in and talked about being mushed by his girlfriend um, out of nowhere. And I think that that's very different. Being mushed in the face, I think, is being is very different than, um, you know, being beaten to a pulp, you know, by, uh, you know, a, a man, you know, who uh, who is really out to hurt you, you know, and, 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 and does not love you or care about you. I think that that's you know, I think that there are two different um, levels of violence, and I think that we have to be very careful about equating the two because, you know, there are millions of women who are walking around, you know, sort of in fear, um, who are being stalked, um, you know, who uh, are, um, you know, real, real, real serious victims of uh, domestic violence, physical violence, and sexual violence. And so I think we have to really be careful about equating the, the, the kind of violence that men experience, um, um, you know, with the kind with what of, women do too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But what what about like in the case in Staten Island where the the woman allegedly picks up a shotgun, blasts the guy in the head while he's asleep in the bed? Yeah, I mean that's 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 a really um, extraordinary case, and it's it's you hear once in a while, but it's not something that happens every day. I mean, three women per day are women by, are murdered by their husbands or boyfriends. I mean, three per day. You know, um, battering is a leading cause of injury to, to girls and women, in, you know, in the United States. So I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It does happen. When it does happen, it's, it's, it's a rarity and it's newsworthy, you know. But I think the vast majority of violence that we see is perpetuated by men toward girls and women. And I know a lot of dudes don't want to hear that. I know this. And I'm not, and I'm not trying to – I'm not being an apologist for women or girls, you know. I'm just – Stating what I know based on the experience that I've had working with men and talk, having these conversations and, you know, knowing the numbers and the statistics. And I, I don't think that the two are, are equal, although I will acknowledge that, you know, there are people like Mike, who you have in your studio, um, who have experienced, um, you know, really um, horrible uh, situations. Situ- situations where... where- 
Yeah. And, and, and it's had an impact on. We're also joined by uh, Dr. Christopher Emden, Associate Professor of Science Education at Columbia University. But Kirsten, I want is it Kirsten or Kristen? Kirsten, thank Kirsten, you. Kirsten, okay, I'm sorry about that. Kirsten, okay. what, ab- what about in terms of healthy, because you guys do a lot, of, a lot of work on describing healthy relationships. What, give us some pointers on that. Are there things that people should be looking for and should be avoiding? Sure. So our educational program, which is the Healthy Relationship Training Academy, we do peer-led workshops throughout the entire five boroughs. And we find that in an educational context, We hear a lot of young people, both men and women, admitting to engaging in really unhealthy behaviors, and both men and women coming forward saying that they're being hurt by their partner, either physically but also in other ways. Um, A lot of the things that we find have um, include jealousy and threats and emotional abuse, um, using children, and we see both men and women. And so I think I know that your show today is really about the male victim, but it's important for everybody to know that every single relationship is different and that it's important for us to send a message of healthy relationships for everybody. Just like Byron Hurt mentioned earlier, we don't have a lot of models in our society for healthy relationships. One of the things we talk about in our healthy relationship portions of our workshops is the importance of equality. And that really is the opposite of our power and control model. And that if we're looking for those partnership skills where you're negotiating, you're working through conflict without resorting to violence and physical, physical contact, then those are some skills you really want to work on. And those are some things that we should definitely be looking at. We're going to get some more tips from you in just a moment. But uh, my production supervisor, Andrew Varis, just walked in with a stack of text messages that looks like. Yeah, they come, they're coming in full force right now. But um, <laughs> what, are, what are people saying? Here's an extreme one. In the Eden, in the Eden Wall housing projects. Uh, young, in the Bronx. Yeah, in the Bronx. Um, a young man was murdered by, his, by the mother of his child in front of his daughter while she watched him being stabbed. Oh. So that's a form of extreme abuse to, to the fullest, obviously. And then there's, a, there's guys that said that um, women are, they act like they're the victims. I've been hit before. In my house, I called the cops to explain to the police that my wife hit me. When they got there, she lied, reversed it to them, told them that I hit her, and therefore they took me into custody. All right. That's uh, some, some good points. I think we have some callers to that uh, effect as well. 1-800-223-9797 or hit us up with a text at 75759. Let's go to Barry from Pennsylvania. Barry, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Oh, Barry. Okay, we lo- we lost Barry. Let's go to uh, Mike from New Jersey right now. Mike, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, Lisa. How you doing? All right. How are awesome. you? Love your show. Thank Love you. Love your topics. And I just want to say that um, I agree and disagree with a lot of things you're saying, so I know you don't have much time and I can't uh, specify everything we, you're, you're covering today, but I could talk from uh, personal experience. I've been punched in the face by my ex-wife. She assaulted me by punching me in my face. Um, she she bit me in my arm, um, broke the skin. I had pictures. I had scars. I showed the judge and nothing. And she calls up. She says that I hit her. I never physically abused her, uh, uh, physically or mentally. And now I have a uh, I have a domestic violence charge on my jacket. So when I go every time I go to fill out an uh, uh, application for a job or something like that, they look at that. And I never put my hands on her. 
and 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 every time I went to court, they never did anything. I went to court with a lawyer, um, going through the, the going through a divorce, just using tactics like um, trying to get um, me thrown in jail. Just it was it was just a. It sounds it sounds like a hor- like a horrible nightmare. So, but you, your point was to get out of the marriage was your way of getting getting out of that situation, right? Just get out. Get I got out, and that's it. Because when. When I went to court and I showed the judge the the pictures of of, uh, of the scars I had and all that, they didn't do nothing to her. They didn't yeah. do nothing to her. They what had a presumption that the that the woman was all, always a victim. Mike, thank you so much for the call and thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Let's go to um, AJ from New Jersey. AJ, hi, you're on Hot ninety seven. Go right ahead. Yeah. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. Um, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying the show. Um, yeah, like a lot of years ago, I was in a relationship with this female. So we was hanging out at the nightclub and everything like that. So all of a sudden I ran into like a female friend I haven't seen in a long time, right? So I gave her a hug. So after that, man, she gave me the silent treatment the whole time in the nightclub. So we got home. She started yelling at me and everything like that. Then she hit me. I said, oh, I told you before, like, you hit me again. You know, I'm leaving. So I'm packing my stuff to leave. And she's still yelling. So evidently the people next door called the cops. So when the cops came... She told the cops that I hit her. So automatically, man, the cops, they cuff me. They take me down to the precinct. I'm in the holding cell and everything like that. And some female officers, they walking by the cell looking at me with a mean face. Yeah, I wish you would hit me, man. Like, I would have put a bullet in you. I said, listen, I never hit her. I never hit her. A couple of hours later, they, 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 like, they open the cell door. I said, all right, she dropped the charge. I said, listen, I never hit her, and I can prove it. I said, you know, I'm going to get her on the phone. You guys can listen on the other line. So I, I get on the phone. I says, "Listen, you know, you know, I didn't hit you. You know, why, why'd you do that? You know, I didn't hit you and everything like that." She said, "Yeah, but I, I, I did that, man, because I didn't want you to leave me. That's all the cops need to hear, right?" So they they went they went to the apartment where we stayed at, and they arrested her for falsifying charges. And like, and, and, and while they arrested her, I packed my stuff and I and I bounced. And you yeah. got out of that situation. All right. But were there things, Dr. Sure. Power? Yeah, I'm just wondering. We're talking about defining what is abuse, right? And oftentimes when we're hearing from some of the callers, there's legitimate cases where you might have been set up and people might yeah, have retaliated from you. She did hit So she might have hit you. She might have set you up. And listen, abuse is never justified, period, point blank. That's, that's the truth. But the question I've got for you is um, what about the relationship? Um, gave you signs ahead of time that this might occur. Like what? What was happening in, the, in your relationship from well, your I side? I talked to her before about her jealousy and everything like that. And like, here's that word again. That word on, jealousy uh, again. She me on an earlier occasion. I told her, I said, "Listen, don't put your hands on me like that." I said, "If I did that, I would be wrong." And she goes, "Well, you know, uh, you know, I don't, you know, uh, we, you're stronger than me, and like, you know, I, I don't hit you that hard." I said, "No, that's not the point. You had no business putting your hands on me like no, that." No, no, nobody should put their hands on anybody. Right. Thank, uh, Mike. Thank you very much for the call. We appreciate or AJ. We really appreciate. It. Thank you. Yeah. You know, if I may just pop in. Yeah, go ahead. One thing that I've... This is Chris Hemden, by the way. Hi, Professor. I'm just going to come to you. Thank you for jumping in. I appreciate it. No problem. Yeah. You know, one thing I find really intriguing about the entire conversation is that we're really looking at sort of, you know, the symptoms of larger, more deep issues. And I think when we talk about, you know, intimate partner violence, we talk about uh, domestic abuse, particularly in uh, communities of people of color, we have to realize that these are all health conditions. I mean, neuroscientific research has told us that people who live in certain environmental conditions have parts of their brain functions 
that are that are that are distorted in many respects, where where their, their ability to reason properly is lost. Um, we also have to realize that environmental conditions and oppressive conditions lead to anger and frustration, and this anger and frustration oftentimes leads to hormonal imbalances, and hormonal imbalances oftentimes lead to violence. And so, you know, when we when we talk about um, domestic violence issues or intimate partner violence, we oftentimes look at specific scenarios. You know, what happened? What did she do first? What did he do first? You know, but we, we don't look at the fact that sometimes these things are tied to the fact that we have the health concerns within our community that have gone under-focused upon. And those health concerns, when they're not focused upon, manifest themselves as abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have to look at, you know, creating and developing a cadre of people in our communities that have healthier lifestyles, Mm-hmm. that address the mental health issues that they have, that, that look at their environmental conditions and find to put themselves in positions where they don't impact them because psychologically we're distorting our normalcy by by not living healthier lifestyles. So you're saying that, and, the, and, that by the time it gets to a punch or by the time it gets to this physical abuse, there's been the situation's been brewing and this this, you know, unhealthy situation has been brewing in it for a long long time. Absolutely, particularly when we're talking about, you know, violence against uh, against males. And, I, and I, I do think that we have a tendency to make, a, you know, violence against males a more, you know, more wild and, and exciting issue because it doesn't happen quite often. But in the scenarios where you describe with, with women who are violent, we have to realize that they, they oftentimes become the most violent situations. And oftentimes that's because women in those, scenar- in those scenar- scenarios have, have been dealing with probably eons and years of abuse probably even beyond the partner that they're currently with. Mm-hmm. And so the, the aggregate of all those experiences over time oftentimes manifests itself as this one lashing out moment. Um, you know, and, and, and so if, if we look at those larger issues, then we, can, then we can really get to the core of this issue. All right, uh, Dr. Connor, what about that? I think that's true. I think what we're talking about is contextualizing violence, looking at the context, looking at the neighborhoods, looking at the community violence, um, looking at all the models that people see, even video games, social media. But what about when people repeatedly repeatedly choose a partner that physically abuses them? There are different beliefs about that. That's how come I said to Mike in the studio, you know, listen, what about you? What is it about you that contributed to this situation? What are you looking for? Maybe there's this validation. There's a significant amount of shame and humiliation uh, with men and and, and with significant years of shame and humiliation that leads to uh, low self-confidence. And and maybe there's something um, also that contributes to them choosing those kinds of partners from what they witnessed um, growing up. We say in psychology, you know, there there's a saying that hurt people hurt people. Right. And so we're talking about, uh, you know, systematic um, abuse, oftentimes uh, that has been longstanding. Unless they're Byron hurt and then they're trying to help people. (laughs) Kirsten, were you trying to get into um, get in there? And everybody, please jump in. Did you want to jump in there? Yeah. So I was just going to say that. Um, when we're doing our, our educational programs, we really try to emphasize that every single relationship is different, and it can be different. I think a lot of young people do grow up in really unhealthy environments or they're, or they're around unhealthy environments, and so that's what they're trying to – they end up emulating that. They have that in their own relationships, but they need to feel that they have the power to do something different, that they have can – They can have control over their relationships. They can take control over themselves and say, well, I'm going to be a healthy partner and really help them, you know, feel that. Because I think that somebody who has been victimized, I I mean, I know people who were victimized and abused, and therefore in their next relationship they became the abuser. And we want to help people have the healthy foundation so that they will take accountability for their actions and then 
therefore know how to be in that loving relationship without engaging in without that. engaging in that and uh, our production supervisor Andrew Veras came in and what's going on out there Andrew all right so we have Denise here from New Jersey texting us saying that there's a double standard for men that men do not want to feel ashamed when they get abused by a female as you guys were mentioning before and if if, if it takes away from their masculinity so that's why they don't report it and we have a question from another texter saying that how how does a guy defend himself when the woman is beating him? Does he grab her, uh, hold her, gra- hold her hands down, like shake her? Like wh- what What can you do where they won't take it to the next level and calling the cops on you and saying that you actually abused her? How right. You, you got to get out of there. I mean, yeah. I, think that's, I think the legal experts would say the only, the only answer is to get out of there. Yeah, you can't prevent people from calling the police. Maybe what the man in the situation can do is actually uh, document, report the abuse, and get out of the situation. And get out of the situation. Um, prof- I, w- I want to say something. Can I say something really quickly? Yeah. Okay, uh, really quickly. Um, you know, I think one of the callers talked about um, leaving the relationship, you know, because his girlfriend was violent, you know, and, and uh, you know, he just he just left the relationship. And for a lot of girls and women, like, leaving a relationship, sometimes it's not even an option. And, and a lot of times when women try to leave an abusive relationship, it's, most dangerous it's, time. it's like, they get murdered, you yeah. know right? What I mean? Or they get, hurt. They get No, they say it's the most dangerous time. Yeah. It's the yeah. most dangerous time. So, no, that, so, so that right there suggests that there is a real serious power, power dynamic that sure. needs to be looked at and yeah. examined. Of course, it's but it's also we're, as we've been talking about this whole hour is seeing these signs that where jealousy keeps coming up in the conversation, seeing those extreme warning signs beforehand. Uh, before it gets to that point, we're just about out of time. But um, Professor Christopher, M, you have a, a great conference coming up this weekend. You want to tell people about it? Yes, absolutely. I, I, I'm just so excited to be here w- w- while we're having this conversation, um, uh, you know, about intimate partner violence. Because on March 15th at 16th at Teachers College, Columbia University, we're having the fifth annual Health Disparities Conference. Um, the website is www.tc.edu/health disparities conference and we're going to we're going to be talking about these issues we're going to be talking about abuse and violence and and the health connections we're going to be talking about hiv aids pandemic pandemics and their social determinants in the uh, in the community we're going to talk, talk about hip-hop and and mental health and hip-hop and the fact that we've had such a high rate of black male black male suicides uh, we're, we're going to talk about health themes and hip-hop we're going to talk about disease and we're going to talk about diabetes and asthma but not only are we going to discuss these things we're going to talk about how we can develop mechanisms within our communities where we can address all these various health disparities because the reality is that all these issues really stem to, to us not having health equity um so please come march 15th at 16th uh teachers college columbia university uh the website is www.pc.edu health disparities conference uh we are hoping to be able to get an opportunity to view uh, byron hurt's amazing amazing documentary soul food junkies that that talks about again health and um african-american community oh my god we got to do a whole food sh- and we have to do a whole food oh, show too with this it. byron's movie is absolutely amazing on that. <laughs> i can't I mean, wait to see it on the planet to watch that i, I gotta um, check that out and chris we're out of time but i want to thank you so much for for joining us i want to thank all of our guests for being with us dr latoya connor mike thank you for your courage in coming in we really appreciate it um byron hurt kirsten defour from the mayor's office to combat uh, domestic violence uh, professor christopher emden that that great conference they have coming up at the teachers college at columbia university and earlier our earlier guest brooklyn da charles hines and also philip cook 
His uh, website is abusedmen.com. And we want to thank you all for being part of this episode of Street Soldiers. Um, and also want to let you know about Hot 97's April Fool's Day comedy show. 2013, we have your tickets, and tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster. Also, i got to give a, a special shout-out to some lo- some of our local heroes, Lieutenant Lenny Calvo of the North Hudson Fire and Rescue Unit, and also the Montclair Fire Department in New Jersey, Firefighter Troy Powell, and um, all the great firefighters out there. Thank you so, so much for the wonderful open house tour yesterday. Um, we appreciate it and loved it. Also, shout-out to uh, singer Nicole Henry. She was amazing at that benefit at Jen- uh, Ginny's and Harvard. Uh, sponsored by Londell McMillan. So big shout out to you. Shout out to St. Bove's. And also this episode of Street Soldiers was made hot for you by Lincoln Tech. It is your future now. Now coming up in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about teen pregnancy. Um, there, there's a new campaign by the city talking, trying to dissuade you from becoming a teen mom. And also we're going to be talking about how to make it in the music business. This is still a dream of many, many people, how to make it in the music industry. So you, if you're interested in those topics or you have your own suggestions, you can hit us up, Lisa at Hot97.com. That's Lisa at Hot97.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers. And I want to thank my whole great crew here at Street Soldiers, my executive producer, Tone Capone, our production supervisor Andrew Varis, associate producer Angelique Tyree, associate producer Joe Connor, our one and only board op TJ, and our digital digital advisor Jeffrey Thacker, productions uh, and senior marketing director Denisha Benjamin, assistant program director Carly Hustle, our VP for programming, the one and only Ebro, you hear him on the morning show with Seif Rosenberg and Kay Fox. And don't forget, check me out on Fox 5 News tonight at 6 and 10 and at 5, 6 and 10 during the week. And you can find out about everything I'm doing. Just follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers. It's that easy. Have a great week, everybody. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Push for peace. Jay-Z and Justin Timberlake are coming to Yankee Stadium. Get out your seat, ho. Only Hot 97 has your passes for this once-in-a-lifetime experience. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. yeah, I'm talking me. Yeah, I'm talking me. And I'm talking me. Hey, this is Justin Timberlake. Jay-Z, live. You're going to see Jay-Z and Justin Timberlake, kid. That's what's up. As long as I got my suit and tie. Monday morning at 8 a.m., Siphon Rosenberg got your tickets to see Jay-Z and JT. The World Baseball Classic is coming to Phoenix, Miami, and San Francisco.